welcome to Be Your Best Podcast. I'm Gilman Hansen, your host. I'm a brand strategist and executive creative director for companies and organizations around the world for over 25 years, helping them discover, create, and design brands. A year ago, I took all that I've learned about branding and applied it to people like you and me and created Design Personal Brand Training for individuals and teams, where people can learn about designing a strong personal brand and how to apply it in making a difference for themselves and others. Recently, we started Be Your Best podcast to chat with others who have created successes with their personal brand for both work and play. Today, we're happy and excited to be talking with Brian Soslow, a marketing expert who drives impact through sound business experience. Brian is focused on helping clients achieve their goals through smart marketing and research. As a respected advisor, Brian's ethos is, I apply marketing wisdom to business and my business wisdom to marketing. Brian's brand promises, I help you succeed and prosper through marketing intelligence. I've had the pleasure of knowing Brian for a while as a friend and as a client. I've been impressed by his strategic thinking, ways of achieve, achieving transformational results and helping clients achieve results as well. So Brian, welcome. Glad you could join us on Be Your Best. Thanks, Gil. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> good, good. So let's just get started. And why don't you just tell us a little bit how it all began for you? I'll be glad to, thanks. Uh, it's been very interesting reflecting upon this. I grew up in the Feltonville neighborhood in Philadelphia, so I've been a Philadelphian pretty much my whole life. And I got involved with marketing at a young age, as a teenager. I guess even before I knew what marketing really was, I was the guy involved with youth groups or my sports teams who was the fundraiser, the organizer, the guy who would you know, get more members or more team members or see if we can get attendance. And then I found out that it was, it was called marketing, but to me it was fun it was instinctive, and I found out I was good at it. So I found out there was a college major uh, called marketing, and that if you actually went through it, you could actually make a living doing all these things that I had fun doing as a teenager. Um, so I, I went for it. I said, sign me up. So I went to a college in Philadelphia at a university called Philadelphia Textile, which is now Jefferson University. And I was the marketing major there. And it was really a great experience. I had great teachers there. And what was really good about them is they kind of linked the academic experience with their practical business experience. They all were career marketers or career advertising people. And they told stories. You know, this was really a great way to pull it all together for me. And I was just uh, so excited and I loved going to their classes. It was a great training ground. I was actually the first marketing co-op student at Philadelphia Textile. And uh, they put me into a bank in Philadelphia. So I was in bank marketing right away at the beginning of my career as a co-op student. And ultimately they hired me uh, to work at the bank at Western Savings Bank in Philadelphia. So I got my first job in marketing upon graduation. So everything kind of fell into place. So picture this Gil, back then long hair and a beard, and now wingtip shoes, button-down shirt, and pinstripe suit. You know, it was a real juxtaposition now becoming a bank marketer. It was, uh, it was an interesting experience. But I was really fortunate there to work in a small marketing department as I got so much, uh, I got so many opportunities to do things 
at an early stage of my career. And then I saw the people that would come in from the ad agency. We worked with a few ad agencies and I was fascinated by these guys. They had swag, you know, they had swagger. They, they walked around and uh, it was pretty interesting. And I said, well, maybe I can do that. So I moved over to the ad agency side and I became an account executive and account supervisor at Lewis Gilman and Kynette Advertising. Uh, they were the Philadelphia office of Footcomb Belding. And I parlayed my bank marketing experience into working on other accounts. And it was really a fun, great experience doing that. I love the creative environment. And it was really some smart, some fun and crazy people. Uh, what I think about was it was really the winding down of the Mad Men era. And there were many of them there that really lived that life. And it was really interesting to see that. So let me ask you a question. Sure. Uh, it sounds like the path was really almost intuitive for you. It was just sort of happening as you as you went as you sort of were advancing into advertising and marketing. Um, and what was it, what was inspiring you to do that? I mean, like you know, we all have sort of like a what do you call it a uh, a, a compass like we sort of maybe it's clear or maybe it's sort of intuitive like we have a like a we have a like a north star we're sort of walking towards mm -hmm. so in that whole uh development of of your career um were you conscious of, of that sort of uh did you have a goal in mind or were you sort of more like just moving ahead as it naturally developed for you I think it was a little bit of both. You know, at a young age, you really don't know where life is going to take you. And I was looking for something that I could never be a doctor because it's just not for me. Uh, my mom said you should be a lawyer, but school wasn't for me. And I knew I just couldn't do much more school. Mm. So uh, maybe it was a default, but it was something that I liked. And I guess people have always said, if you can do something you like, you'll be successful at it. And I think that's something that I found. You know, as a kid, I liked commercials. I was always fascinated by the commercials on TV. And it was always something that I was memorable and talked about. And obviously that was a link to marketing. But as I said, all the things that I did in terms of promotion and building sales for like fundraisers we did, it just seemed like, it didn't seem like work. You know, and I think that that's the part that was really appealing to me. And then learning from some of the people early in my career and learning from some of those teachers really brought it all together. It just made sense from what my skills were in terms of maybe, you know, left brain and right brain and bringing them both together, which we need in marketing. So, so then let's say, so you, you were in the path of the advertising agency world. Yes. And then somewhere you switched over to, uh, to corporate work. Is that, is that how that developed? I did. I spent some more time at one other agency in the city and got a lot of great experience. But at some point you say, well, what else can I do? And uh, <clears throat> yes, I, I moved over to the corporate world and I was recruited for a role as VP of marketing at Aramark, a Fortune 500 company, major food service provider. And I was recruited to be the VP of marketing for the refreshment services division. And this is the vision which provided office coffee and vending services to companies across North America. And as you know, moving from the agency side to the corporate side is a very difficult transition. Mm. It's really most people go the other way. 
So I have to credit Richard Wyckoff, the guy that hired me there for kind of making an atypical hire because I wasn't the typical package goods person that many times they hire in a position like this. But I did have a great deal of experience from all the clients I'd worked on on the agency side, which they felt may have helped because office coffee and vending was a multi-location business with distribution points all across America with multiple brands. And I had worked with a lot of multiple location businesses that were clients. The funny story was that since this was coffee and vending, you figured, okay, they want to hire someone who really understands coffee. But the secret I'll tell you for the, in the public for the first time <laughs> is that I was not a coffee drinker ever. Yeah. And my, my family, <laughs> my family hated that I would get up from the table before it was coffee time for my whole life. So I quickly, because I'm a very experiential marketer and I really feel like I have to learn by doing I just got totally engaged in learning about coffee, the origins, and then also the rituals about how to drink it. Cause I knew they would offer me coffee when I went for my interview to drink it. And I never drank it before. So I had to do this very quickly. And fortunately it worked as I did get the job. And you drank a lot of coffee? I did. I, I, I've come <laughs> to love coffee and being there, I got to experience and taste a lot of great brands and a lot of great coffees. And, uh, it's really part of my routine now every day. Mm. You know, I can remember, uh, I can remember you cause I was a, you know, a designer for Aramark for those times, those years. And I remember doing a lot of coffee work and you were, you, you had a marketing person you had all these other people working with you that I worked with. And I remember you were the sort of the, the, the big guy in that, on that floor who uh, everybody uh, reported to. Uh, but it was a, uh, it was a good. Uh, I could see that, uh, like Aramark was, like they were like like number one in coffee in the Correct. nation. We were the market leader. We had the uh, most accounts and we held the most market share. Hmm. So, <clears throat> you know, like you were saying, uh, you sort of discovered your special, uh, special sauce early on. Uh, so what in your eyes are the key elements of a strong personal brand that helps you be a fractional CMO? And before we get into that question, I'm really dying to know what is a fractional CMO? Sure. Well, I'm glad you asked me that. It's a uh, concept which um, is easy to explain. And a lot of people may not have heard of the concept, but once you understand it, you can understand the real value of it. Um, when I left Aramark, just to frame it up as to how I became a fractional CMO, I left Aramark and I became a uh, franchisee. And I was a Krispy Kreme franchisee for about seven years, which was a whole nother pivot uh, before pivoting was popular recently uh, and did that. So now what I had is I had the ad agency experience, I had the corporate experience, and now I had business experience because I was out of my marketing silo and I was running finance. I was the president of our franchise group and the operating partner. So now I had experience with finance, with HR, with supply chain, with being the head cheerleader, head donut maker, a whole range of experiences beyond marketing. So it leads me up to being a fractional CMO because now I had some really good business experience, practical business experience and marketing experience. And the business experience made me a much better marketer. It really has, because I can understand that from the perspective of a CEO or a company president. 
So I decided that how can I help them best as a marketer? And it's by being a fractional CMO. Mm. And by being a fractional CMO, what I do is I really help solve a problem for a CEO or a business leader who may not have a marketing person on staff full time. And the reasons that I've found that this happens is they may not be able to afford a full time person at this stage of their growth. Someone may have left. They really only have a junior person and that person really needs advice and direction. So a fractional CMO comes on and becomes a person who instead of working on the outside as a marketing consultant, I work on the inside as kind of the chief marketing officer for the company. I work as an employee and I can manage the marketing staff and I get a company email. I work inside their office. Hopefully we can all do that post COVID, but whatever it takes, I essentially integrate myself as the inside part of the team, integrating with sales, integrating with operations. And I don't work as an outside supplier. And the benefit is that I'm working hand in hand as the strategic marketing partner of the CEO as their internal head of marketing. And that's essentially how I do it on an outsourced basis, which gives them my time, sometimes on a part-time basis. And it becomes very valuable because you get the experience very affordable. It sounds like, uh, well, first of all, you've done a lot of, you've done a lot of that work in your career. So it's, it's, um, it's nice to know that there's guys like out there, like you who can offer their professional skills and, and help help companies. Uh, God knows a lot of people need help these days. Uh, what would you say, uh, going back to the personal brand, your personal brand, <clears throat> who were your greatest influencers, uh, mentors and teachers in, your <clears throat> in growing up and, and becoming who you are today? Sure. Well, there's a lot of people that you can look at and uh, I guess I've looked at them both close and from afar. From afar, from people that you can read books about or see them in terms of things they've published or have been you know, in the, in the spotlight were people like Mark Cuban, Howard Schultz, thinking about it, uh, people who have been inventors and creators. As I was in the coffee industry, it was the guys that invented the Keurig machines. Mm. Look at how that changed an industry. I thought that uh, you know, I really admired what they did and they really did it from the ground up. I've always been a big believer in uh, reading and following uh, Stephen Covey from the uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. So those are some of the folks that have been important in what I've you know, been influenced by. Professionally, there's been so many franchisees, clients, bosses and teachers that I've worked with, it would be hard to name all of them. But I guess a couple I would name would be my first bosses from the bank because they gave me a shot and they were just great teachers and great marketers which was uh, Jack McGinley and the late Frank C.P. McGlynn. These guys were great, great marketers and uh, also was wonderful to work on their team. And a couple of teachers from Philadelphia Textile, Dr. Katz, Dr. Frampton, Dr. Resch, they kind of gave me the trio of experiences, uh, advertising, marketing, and retailing, which were some of the most enjoyable classes that I had. But again, like I said, really combined the books, with the practical experience. And all three of them told great stories about their experiences in the industry. From a personal standpoint, there were a few people that were really, really important to me. And I think the first ones that I would have to say would be my parents. Mm. I, I really think my parents have to be number one for just pushing me when I didn't want to be pushed. And I really have to thank them for that. They taught me the value of education. 
I'm the first college graduate of our family and I couldn't have done it without them. And then the other person that's been a great influence has been my wife, Debbie. She's my biggest cheerleader and motivator. I think she knows more about me than I do. Uh, she worked in advertising before me, so she had a good understanding of it, but then she's evolved into a totally different career and a very successful one as a contract officer for the U.S. Navy. And I've learned a lot about her from her experiences and what she does at work every day. Well, uh, a strong family is, in my, for me too, has been uh, the anchor for, for my, uh, my development of my career and my success as well. And also working with clients like you, by the way. Well, thank you. And I feel the same way. (laughs) Thank you. So you had a lot of good mentors. Absolutely. And that's something that I I try to give back as I go throughout my career for younger people. So in those regards, how do you see uh, your personal brand and marketing wisdom uh, being a benefit for people in today's sort of almost post-COVID. I mean, we're in the middle of COVID right now, but where do you see that, um, you know, you're, you're, we've, you and I have talked about this idea of marketing wisdom. So how do you see that uh, being a benefit to others and, and, to, and to your clients? Sure. Well, I, I look at things that I can help people because I'm in innovative resource from a fresh perspective. And I think that as we talked about, it's my business and my marketing experience. And now's a tough time. I think stress is impacting all of us. So having someone coming in to help a business during these times that can be calm, can be nurturing and can really just be a creative listener, I I think helps. It can open up people to fresh ideas and open their eyes and really ties together some strong analysis and takes ideas all the way to execution. I think that's something I can do. You know, now's not the time to be so conservative and, uh, and or to like turtle in. But I know these are challenging times for businesses financially. So, you know, my personal brand, because of my resourcefulness, I can help people in a lot of ways with some very smart, no cost, low cost, affordable ways to look inside their business to understand how they can achieve their objectives through marketing that can exceed expectations. And I have my inside out process that does that. And I think it's something that can help people, especially during these challenging times. Well, you just said something that sort of intrigued me um, a few sentences back when you were just explaining that was uh, this idea of a creative listener. I mean, that's pretty cool. Like, what is that? Like, what is a creative listener? I mean, well, I think I, I, I found that anyone can talk a good game. And there's a lot of people who talk and uh, don't really make sense. Mm. And they talk sometimes because they want to be perceived as either the smartest person in the room or they want to let people know that, you know, they, uh, you know, they may have some smart ideas. But I've always found that listening first will get you where you need to go. And creative listening means thinking about things on a 360-degree basis, and really gaining an understanding of putting that idea of what you're listening to. You have to listen to it from the from the perspective of the person who's speaking. 
You have to listen to the perspective of the people that are around you about the environment. And you have to also understand where you can take it. So when I discuss creative listening, it's really having empathy. It's having understanding. And it's really making sure that your clients know that you have their best interests at heart and that you're going to really take what they say seriously and you're not going to interrupt them and you're not going to tell them everything that you want to know, you know, that you know for the sake of speaking until it's really time to do that. So that's kind of how I approach problem solving and creative listening. Yeah, it's, it's it really comes back to people, doesn't it? Like you're talking to a real human being, you know, it's not like a client or a company, but right in front of you is, is that person who's, uh, who's looking for help. Absolutely. You know, a lot of times people don't know what they need. And I find it's an opportunity for me to share with them uh, what they need. Sometimes, as we talked about, people don't know what a fractional CMO is or how to solve a problem. They may not have the experience or the marketing knowledge to be able to do it. So, you know, uh, I'm, I'm able to, to help them solve that problem and to provide a way to fill that need. And uh, that's what I find sometimes very rewarding. Mm. So, Brian, uh, going back to the more personal brand, Brian, um, what drives you to be your best? I think that it's passion. Hmm. You know, I think maybe it's, it's a word that might describe what I do and maybe it's happened as we kind of reflect upon what we talked about initially from an early age, but I really have a passion and a love for what I do. And that really comes from a desire to help others to succeed. That's really what I'm trying to do. That's what drives me to be my best. And I really only know one way to do things and that's full bore. And that's really what drives me to be my best skill. So how can people reach out? How can people find you, Brian? Like what's your, uh, I mean, this is, I think a lot of people, particularly CEOs and uh, managers would really like to know that there's somebody out there like you as a fractional CMO. So where would you say they, um, how can they reach you? Uh, they can reach me by contacting me at uh, zaslomarketing.com, which is my website. Uh, they can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I have a page on LinkedIn. They can talk to you if they know you and you can contact me. <laughs> uh, bzaslo at zaslomarketing.com is my uh, email address. And they can reach me at my phone number, 215-917-8342. That's 215-917-8342. All right. That was a good infomercial right there. Good job. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, uh, well, Brian, I want to thank you very much for uh, being on uh, Be Your Best. Uh, I think what you were just sharing is invaluable to anybody who's, you know, needs marketing expertise and they need it. A lot of people do, and they just don't know quite know where to find it. So, uh, they certainly can reach out to you, Brian Zoslow. And uh, again, I just want to thank you for, for being here. It's been, a, it's been good. Thanks, Gil. Thanks for inviting me. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. And I've really enjoyed my time here on your podcast. Great. Well, thank you. Thanks, Gil. And thanks to everyone who helped us in the process of creating Be Your Best Podcast. 
A special call out to Carl Speak, co-creator and author, Don Lowry, co-creator, advisor, Darlene Reith, co-creator, Barbara Batondo, advisor and editor, Nick Hansen for the music, Tracy Stortz, our amazing production manager, and all the others that made this happen. And a special call out to the Design Management Institute for all the opportunities to help us get started. Your personal brand is your most important asset. You have an opportunity to be better every day. So be ready to be your best. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more and learn about our three-step process to design your personal brand, please reach out to us at designpersonalbrand.com and feel free to reach out to me directly at 215-280-1876 or gill at designpersonalbrand.com. Thank you.